No, I stood at like 10th Street and looked east as the sun went down and the lights came on. And I just almost cried because we looked like such a big town. Like we just looked like what we really are. Like this is a big city that has a big time festival like this. And some people on my committee that like couldn't picture it were like, oh, Brenda, this is so right. Welcome to Drop the Disc. Thank you so much for tuning in to this recording of the Drop the Disc podcast. Because of Labor Day, we recorded this a little bit early, but it's a fantastic conversation. On this episode, we talked to Brenda Durant, the chief executive of the Augusta Arts Council, who, after moving to Augusta during her high school years from New York City, has never looked back. And she called me and said, when you come down for Thanksgiving, you're not going back. And I didn't. And I didn't. I mean, here I still am. She talks to us about the upcoming Art City Festival and what kind of performances we can expect. That's been fun, kind of meeting the characters, putting it together and seeing who's singing with them. Because Bucket List has Russell Joel Brown, who's well-loved in our community. And then Wycliffe Gordon is like, how can he even be doing such a thing as performing at Arts in the Heart? And our Arts in the Heart Festival, which has been going on for over 40 years. How big is that reach? Artists come from all over the United States to Arts in the Heart. And then the reach for people attending, best guess would be that 80,000 people come to the festival. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Drop the Disc podcast. Don't forget that this weekend is going to be the Art City Festival. Go ahead and listen up, get your tickets, learn a little bit about what's going on. Um, We really appreciate Brenda Durant for taking the time to come teach us about what's going on in our community. Of course, if you enjoy this episode today, we would love it if you would give us a rating or review wherever you're listening. Message us on social media and let us know how you're listening and how you're liking the show. In general, we love some feedback. And speaking of things we love, of course, we love Nancy Powell of Powell & Associates. And we also love that Augusta loves them too. She was voted Cyber City's best real estate company in Augusta, Georgia, in the CSRA for the second year in a row. She's fantastic. Chris and I actually both worked with her personally. She sold Chris his family home that he currently lives in with his wife, as well as helping me to find my very first investment property. She has tons of range. She is super well networked. Oh, and by the way, she will also hook you up with the best and most trusted vendors and people in the city that will get you set up in your new house. Nancy Powell, if you have any questions about real estate, if you're even thinking about maybe selling, maybe buying, maybe you just wanna learn about investing in real estate, give her a call, 706-717-1281. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. And we are Drop the Disc Podcast. Today we are recording inside the professional studio of Augusta Podcast, and we are super excited to have the guest here today. And today we are here with... Brenda Durant, the Executive Director of the Greater Augusta Arts Council. I love that. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) This will be a fun episode. I'm excited. So y'all go ahead and buckle up, and here we go. I like to say we gave her 30 seconds for that intro, and it was so efficient. We only needed, what, three? Yeah. Oh, I I didn't know I had 30 seconds. (laughs) Can I I buy 20 for later? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, Brenda, you're the director of the Arts Council, and of course, we're interviewing you today because of a really cool event that's coming up. 
We're going to do this whole interview, but before we get into the interview, why don't you give our listeners a preview of the event that's coming up and, and how they can go and get involved? All right. So this year we are producing the Art City Festival on the third weekend of September. It's a mini Arts in the Heart. When we started planning, we had no idea where we'd be September 17th right. as far as pandemic or the, the word that we don't use anymore. Right. You know, Do we the, know where we are now? We, we know that we are happy that we are planning an outdoor <laughs> event for the first time in my 25 years of producing the festival. I'm like, it's outdoors. <laughs> yip, yip. Uh, so that's great. And we have socially spaced it. We've added much more room. We eliminated... Um, certain aspects of the festival, all our indoor, our indoor stage and our indoor um, writers areas closed and the family area, we decided not to program and those decisions were wise. And so everything else, two stages of entertainment on global and jazz stage, 85 artist booths, space, more space in the middle of Broad Street, and 10 international food booths. So we, we think we're in good shape. And we'll go through this again, but yes. if people want to get tickets, if people want to volunteer, how do they do that? They can do both of those things, please, and please do, um, on um, artcityfestival.com. Okay. You can purchase your tickets online, and some people thought that they were purchasing a paper ticket and not getting a badge. Yes, there are badges. There are badges. There are badges this year. So you go to the gate, and we scan your ticket, and we'll hand you a badge. I think it's the first 15,000 people who come. Only the first 15,000, That's though. how many I ordered, baby. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So... Thank you for that little, that was your 30 second extra. That was okay. it. That, that was, was a I'm lot. That kidding. was more than that. <laughs> out of time. I'm just kidding, guys. Okay. Um, are you from Augusta? I'm actually not from Augusta. Augusta chose me and I chose it back. I moved from Long Island, Long Island in, I can hear in New York. <laughs> well, I best because when I joke, I use a New York accent, but hopefully it's not like drastic it is when not. I'm not. It the is listener not. experience um, is going to be cool listening to you go back and forth between drifts. the accents. It kind of drifts. I'm a drifter. <laughs> so I grew up in New York. My senior year in high school, my father moved his factory to Waynesboro, took my mother to Waynesboro so they could look at houses. We were at our beach house in um, Amagansett, Long Island, and my mother said, we're not moving there. Um, don't worry. And the, he, um, they made some friends with Barbara and Joe Goldberg. And Barbara Goldberg said, buy a house in Augusta and drive to work with my husband, Joe. And daddy drove with Joe Goldberg for 20 years to Waynesboro. And we bought a house in Augusta, Georgia. And mommy did come to Augusta with Very daddy. nice. How old were you at that time? A senior in high school. See, senior, I'm really dating myself now. Well, that's I a, was 12 in high school. Or I was <laughs> two. I wasn't born yet when I was a senior. Something like that. Take those like years that. off. That, yes. that is a hard jump your senior year. It was November of my senior year. Oh, wow. So mommy called me. I stayed behind in New York. And she called me and said, when you come down for Thanksgiving, you're not going back. And I didn't. And I didn't. Wow. And here I still am. So Wow. Okay. So at that time, um, you were senior in high school. So basically, you finished your senior year at Burke County, but that's all you did was no half a Aquinas semester? High School. We Aquinas, moved to okay. Augusta. Daddy drove to Winsboro. We did not. So um, yeah, he thought it was going to be like Green Acres or something. And it would have been like Green Acres. Mommy would have been saying the lights, and he would have been saying like the fields. And so no, it was not good. So um, we we stayed in Augusta. So I was a senior. Moved in November. I actually graduated from both St. Mary's High School in New York and Aquinas High School. So I have two, two degrees. Okay. You know? Both from Catholic schools. Yes. <laughs> both Solid. From Catholic schools. <laughs> I had never been to a school with boys in high school. I had an all-girls school. That's that so going to. So yeah. Aquinas was your first time with that? Well, it's in, in high school. I mean, yeah. In grammar school, it was co-ed. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be funny. So... After high school, did you did you go to university here? Did yes, you go to college? So I here? went to Augusta College because again we had just moved, and um, that was there was not an option to go anywhere else because the move I think was like I'll just say maybe money was tight, but parents didn't talk about that with us. So I went to Augusta College and met my husband there, and um, 
and I stayed. And so here I am. So when you were in at Augusta College, yes, um, which is now Augusta University, for those of you at home. And by the way, that are eighteen new, was the drinking age, and I was eighteen. She had a good time in college, apparently. <laughs> so when, was was that back? Yeah. I'm sorry. Was that back when they used to do those um, rooftop keg parties for students at Augusta College? You could drink in, on the ca- campus. Yeah, I don't oh know a thing about a rooftop, but we would, you know, we'd have drinks. At, beer at parties on campus doctor, that's so dr. funny dr keel needs to step it up you're right that's so funny because <laughs> now and probably he was probably drinking when he was there because i think he was there around <laughs> like around the time i was there a little before or something so yeah so what were you studying at augusta college i mean did you know that you were going to be the executive director of augusta arts Council? well i thought i was going to be a lawyer so i started pre-law which wasn't a course not a major study yeah. no and so i did that then i switched to english and then I switched to business, and then I switched back to English. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was it was it the hard classes that made you keep going back? Or? I just really liked English. I mean, that's right. what I that was the major that I should have been in the beginning. But then okay. I got like I had a job, and I thought, oh, I'm working at Riches, and they want me to go into management. I should have a business degree. Mm. And I found that just really boring and um, <laughs> didn't like it at all. And always would take like two business courses and an English class, like an upper level English class for fun. So then I went, well, what am I doing this for? <laughs> for you know, fun. For fun. Wow. You know, Russian lit for fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it was for fun or, you know, yeah, like the Harlem Renaissance for fun. And so then I decided like I would just stay with English. So do you have a favorite uh, throwback literature uh, book that you would recommend to people? No, I can't do anything. (laughs) That was like a million years ago. No, absolutely not. I mean, I did love the authors of the Harlem Renaissance, and that was interesting to study. But no, I just, I mean, I read like a couple books a week, so it just kind of drifts in and out. Okay. So um, you got your literature degree, and you mentioned that you were interested in going into management for, for Richlands? Riches Department Stores. So Give that us some context the mall. here. So yeah. the mall opened in 78. Both malls opened. And, and when you say the mall, you're talking about the one that Augusta people mall. think of now. Okay. Augusta Mall opened. Well, the other mall opened, too, but okay. I, didn't yeah. go, I didn't go there. So Augusta Mall opened, okay. and I wasn't working. I had a, oh, <laughs> I had a three-year-old. I forgot to mention that. That's a lot of context yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah, so I had a three-year-old, and my mother went and applied for a job. And I went, uh, I was at my mother's house with my sister Joyce, who's a year or two younger than me. And I, like, put on some clothes, and I went to the mall and applied for a job. And I got it in the book department. And then shortly thereafter, I was made the manager of, like, books, luggage, stationery. And then shortly after that, it was, like, the housewares department. So I, like, moved into, like, managing all these departments pretty quickly. So I was like, oh, I have a career in retail. Oh, <laughs> I have to get a job. I have to go change my major to business. So I was like a little girl still. You know, I was pretty young. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Very interesting. So so you did that position. What led you to the switch that has you now in this nonprofit world? What happened right. next, I suppose? So Scavulos, that's my main name. We're pretty okay. loyal to where we work. Like we okay. stay, if, if we're treated well or treated like family, like we stay forever. So I've basically had three like 10-year careers of doing different things. I always got certified in what I was doing. So when I left, I, I, then I left Riches, I had two more babies. And then I, when I went back, I knew I couldn't work retail hours or didn't want to, I didn't want to work a night nights and I didn't want to work weekends. And so the ladies in the travel agency always looked like they had it made. They worked Monday through Friday. They got off at six o'clock. They Mm -hmm. never had to work nights. And so I applied at the travel agency and got hired. So then I stayed at Rich's Travel for a while, and then a friend opened her own, and I managed her travel agency. 
So that's about 10 years I was managing a tra travel agencies. Wow. Then my father retired and hated retirement, and he opened a um, employment service. Uh, uh, he opened a, uh, he bought a franchise. And so I managed that for him for about 10 years. Wow. And then I heard through the Junior League that the woman with the executive director was moving, and I spoke to her because I wanted her to hire my company to fill her position. Mm. And she said, well, why don't you apply for it? And so I did, and I got hired as the director of the Arts Council. What a great recruiter she must have been. <laughs> right. She had well, I'd always job. wanted a job in the arts. Like growing up okay. as a little girl, I always wanted a job in the arts. I thought I was going to be an artist. I thought I was going to be a dancer. I thought I was going to be a model, which you are not when you're five foot two, just for the record. <laughs> and so I always thought that like a job in the arts was going to be like the thing, but I don't, you know, the, the jobs that were open were like the secretary. Well, yeah. I don't have those skills. Right. Nor did I want to be like typing letters. Mm -hmm. So I had to wait for the thing that wasn't the secretary. So it was the executive director job. Who knew? So I did wow. that. And, yeah. and how long have you been in this position? 25 years. 25 years. So surpassed the 10 year. Yes. As I said, it. when I like, when we like as a group, like when we like what we're doing and we're treated well, and it's interesting, like I have, I love having something different to do and I love meeting people. And so like the, the arts council Hit the bell. Like, it's all good. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Drop the Disc podcast recorded right here at the professional studio at Augusta Podcast Studio. And we've got a quick message regarding some of our favorite beverages. So who's ready for fall to start? We know most people are excited for cooler temperatures, but what excites us really about the cool fall weather is Oktoberfest at Savannah River Brewing Company. The German Oktoberfest historically takes place the last week of September and goes through the first week in October. So it just makes perfect sense for Savannah River Brewery to celebrate on September 25th, 2021. This year's festival is going to be bigger than ever, which is really exciting because we all know that we missed out on 2020. And the brewery is ready to celebrate. So plan to bring the whole family down to the brewery for a day of food, games, music, drinks, and just all-around fun. For more information about this brewery and this awesome sponsor that we have, you can check them out at www.savannahriverbrew.com or follow them on Facebook to get all the daily updates and events that are coming to the brewery. Check them out, Savannah River Brewing Company. So what exactly does the Art Council do? Oh, nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> we <laughs> like, do so many things well, and it's always say, changing. What yeah. did you do at first right. versus yeah. what happens right. now? So at let's first we were in, we, we always did the festival. So Arts in the Heart was something we've always done. When but did in, Arts in the Heart start? When was the first 40 one? 40 years ago. 40. 41 years ago because last year would have been 40. And right. this year should be 40, but we're not doing so it. So this is like the 40th annual, but it's 41 but it, years. But it's not really 40 because it's only, it's the Art City Festival. So it's like the first. Right. You know? So 40 years. So I inherited the festival and I had an education department. I did have a secretary in those days, which was really nice, administrative huh. assistant and an, an event planner. So I had an events person, a two-man education office, and we... We're, we're working, we were kind of just finishing this big push for arts infusion, which is teaching art to complement the classroom studies, where like the classroom teacher would say to the art teacher, the kids are having a hard time learning time. Mm -hmm. And so then the art teacher would, would take them into a room and say like, 12 is here, you know, to the front of you, 
and and three put out your right hand is there and then like six is and then she would make them dance the clock or do something and they would learn time because you know kids don't all learn the same way and right. so the kids who had difficult grasping things might learn it through an art project a dance project or a music project and but it was not taught as a standalone subject it was taught to enhance the classroom teacher and that's arts infusion so we did we're doing that in a couple of schools in Augusta and one in Aiken County. So you're still doing that? You've no, been, okay. we're not okay. doing that anymore. Okay. Uh, some schools, and then Davidson opened. Right. Some schools went Arts Infusion on their own. So um, we were, you know, we were out of that business. Okay. And then we took on public art, which has taken up a lot of um, time and enthusiasm. So we do have a person who writes grants and works on public art. And then we have to really realize, like, who are we and not to compete with other groups. And so... We used to do this really great art camp, which was such a great art camp that it makes me cry to think about it. Like it was just so great. And the teachers that we had go through it. It was our own art camp that we did with the housing authority um, with funds from maybe Department of Juvenile Justice. And it was so it was ours. Like we could pick the teachers and we could run it and we ran it with kindness and and love. And like Russell Joel Brown taught music one year. Like it was just the greatest, you know, this is the greatest camp. And then that grant funding ended and we had to find a partner, which we did, um, found some other partners in town. And then we realized that we were writing grants to fund it and that every arts group in town was doing camps for underserved community. And so we thought, how many grant readers can read this? So we took a step back from that to to allow other people to step in to that. And so we took a step back. So so we stopped doing that. So now we do um, public art, we do the festival, um, we work to promote um, art in the community. We had our own radio show that we would record and, and air. We have keep a calendar of arts events. We have someone who keeps posting that, which was tough. Slim pickets last year, but it's filling up again, thank God, this year. And so we really are here to be kind of the voice and ears for the arts community and then educate the community about arts. And so we've taken that role. And we also teach classes to artists on the business of being an artist, not art classes Mm. but when you go to art school a lot of times you're not told like how to incorporate and you're supposed to pay sales tax and how to write a contract and we're currently it is huge and we're currently doing um, research right now to see what other genres also need those classes and so we have a um, coordinator chosen to do a class like that for writers and a class like that for musicians and then we are investigating the film industry to see if um if actors perhaps need a class on the business of being an actor, not teaching them acting classes or Absolutely. script writing or anything, and but we don't do it unless there's a need. And so that's where we're in the research part. Interesting. That. that is interesting. So let's talk about these things like one at a time, right? Okay. So I choose public art. It's the first thing you said, and it's something that I think you guys have been doing a lot with, especially recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first question uh, is why public art? What What makes it important? Well, public art... First of all, it gives people a sense of community and a sense of place about where they live. So it's, you know, a lot of people think of public art as for people coming to town to see. But it also instills a sense of pride in the community. But then public art also offers a a snapshot or a a statement to people who come to town that this is a community that is filled with art. Because we are a very artistic town. In, in a wide range of artistic styles. Like we have musicians, we have writers, you know, we have actors, we have um, performers, we have a lot of choral groups, we have a lot of theater groups. Like we have a wide variety of artists in Augusta. 
So public art is one way of kind of saying that mm. in a visual way. Like you drive mm-hmm. through town, you're like, wow, this town really has something going on. And as far as the government goes, well, they must be investing in art. And so, you know, we always, we know that people come to town during the red carpet tour and that people talk to our economic development group and say, I want to, I'm thinking of moving someplace, you know, would you send me some information? But a lot of people might just get in their car and say, I'm going to drive through Augusta and see what it looks like. Well, ours is starting to look really interesting Mm -hmm. because, you know, the thing about getting, you can get employees to move here and, you know, we're going to offer you that we'll pay, pay to pack you up and move you. But then you've got to find out if the employees are going to stay here. Right. Like after six months, if, if the spouse is going to be happy, are they going to be happy? Did they find their niche? And so one thing that public art says is, yeah, maybe, maybe my employees will be happy here because maybe they will find what they like to do. You're not wrong. We had a, the first time we had Deke Copenhaver on, he yeah. said that when he was trying to pitch to get the Starbucks plant to Augusta, they were going between other cities and Yes, he, there was a city that had no art, but right. had a really nice industrial center, an right. industrial place. Well, we have arts in the heart. And we had art, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we needed some infrastructure in our industrial lot. And Starbucks said to him and said to them that you can put the roadway in, you know, and you can get the water to that plant before you could, that other city can build an arts community. So that's right. why we got chosen. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're, cool you're not wrong. You're no. not wrong. Art does right. bring people to the city. <laughs> it does bring, and it ca- keeps employees here. Like that's the other Correct. thing. Like when we spoke to um, the head of the cancer center years ago, uh, not the current um, head, and he talked about that when, when you recruit a researcher, that you don't get one man, you get like his whole team. When you, when you get him, he brings all the researchers with him and that when they were in Washington, that they were very used to having like Friday night uh, chamber music concerts. Mm-hmm. And and they, no, I'm not saying they had to be free, but that's just what the kind of thing right. they're used to. And all we need to know in the arts community is what is it that you were used to that we don't have here? And we can probably make it happen. Exactly. Again, it doesn't have to be for free. But if that's something that you think that we should have that your employees are looking for, we can do that. And out of curiosity, if there's anybody out there that has an idea right now, how can they get my, that information? I mean, I, I can rattle off my email address, but my email address is on our website, which is not, people don't put it on every website, but I'm Brenda at AugustaArts.com. And you just send me what you're thinking about. Awesome. So before we move on from public art, what are some cool ways or opportunities for people to, if they want to see what's going on, like some places they should go, some things they should check out? Maybe right. apps they should download. Right. So our um, our website does have, we have walking tours right now that if you're not an app person for your phone, you can you can look at a website and um, there's walking tours, both of the downtown sculpture trail, the golden blocks, that's the art installations that we've done on Laney Walker. Mm-hmm. But then we also have a very cool app that's a national app and it's called AutoCast, O-T-O-C-A-S-T. You can buy, buy it wherever you buy apps on your phone. And once you put that on, you can actually, any city that uses AutoCast for their public art will pop up on your phone. And if you're in Augusta, of course, our sculpture trail will pop up. And not only can you use it to map and walk around the 10 installations downtown, but you can also listen to the artist who installed it talk about their work. And I love hearing an artist talk because, you know, the truth is, if you look at a sculpture, like you look at the shiny one on the common looking at Reynolds Street, Whatever you think it is, it's is. Because like when you say like, I, I see, well, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because you saw it. But it's also really cool to hear what Gregory Johnson 
did it from. He saw mm-hmm. swans in his pond at home and created the sculpture to reflect the swans. So you're not wrong in what you see, but isn't it great to hear what Gregory saw when he created it? And the same thing about the pink one on the Common and Broad Street. You can hear the artist talk about that. And that was created because her mother and sister both survived breast cancer. So it's pink flowers that are the pink is the breast cancer color. And then it has the leaves. If you look into them, they're cut out. And that's to reflect the cancer cells, the invasive cancer cells that invaded their bodies. And then I won't even say what I guess the little two buttons are at the center of the <laughs> um, flower. But you guys are picturing it already. I can tell by the looks on your faces. Yes, and so, that. you know, you're not wrong in that. But it adds a lot more depth to that pretty flower if you know the story behind it. And so the Autocast app, you can hear the artist talk about it. And then we have put a scavenger hunt on that app. And if you sign into the scavenger hunt and complete it, you can go to the Destination Augusta um, office on Broad Street, um, Augusta & Co., and you can pick up a specially made James Brown button. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So before we move from this, we're, you're talking a lot about this art, this sculpture tour. Yes. What is the sculpture tour? Is so, it here permanently? No, that's a two-year I- installation. So it went in in January of this year. So we have about a year and a half left, okay. a little less than a year and a half left. And the artists rent the sculptures to us for the two years. And they're all for sale. And the sale price is on their signs and in the brochures and on our website. And we've sold Did not know that. a couple of them. That I'll, we can't talk about too much right now. Okay. We'll talk about it later. And then they'll come down. In January of 22, and the city is funding the next round, so 10 more will go up. And hopefully the trail will extend, you know, maybe down Broad Street towards the canal, and then eventually into South Richmond County. That's awesome. And you also have, and there's an older trail, or um, which is... um, Paint artist box? Yes. So we painted traffic boxes. That was our first public art experience that, and we made sure that we put a box in every commission district in Richmond County, except for one that didn't have a box that wasn't on a GDOT, Georgia Department of Transportation road, but they're all over the place. And that was super fun. And that was, um, that was our first big project across the city. And then y'all, I do keep up with this, but you also had the, uh, the sewer the water. Yes, so is, the, the, that's kind of recent, right? Yes. Yeah, so the um, department Department of Utilities for the city of Augusta asked if we would help them spread the word about when you blow things or throw things down into a storm drain that it goes to the river because mm. a, a city like ours, which is on a river, mm-hmm. it all flows to the river, and that's why sometimes when a gas station is taken out, you know, and they have to do the cleanup, well, the cleanup doesn't happen under the gas station; it happens on the river side of the street because it's all flowed across the street and under the lot across Mm. the street from it, if that makes sense. And so that's how things happen. And so we did a call for the, for the city and had artists painting. That was a master's week all in a week. Yeah. um, It was incredible. And um, that's been really fun. And the artists had a great time doing that. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry, David, you can ask your next question. No, that's fine. (laughs) Um, Okay. So moving past public art, although, we could probably talk about it for another 30 yeah. minutes if we wanted to. Um, let's talk about some other projects that the Arts Council does. Um, what are some things that people might not know that you guys are, are behind or responsible for? Well, of course, my mind has gone blank. So the, the business of being artist classes, we partner with the Gertrude Herbert Institute of Art, and we have a class starting in early September. Stacy Swider teaches that, and that prepares an artist for a show. So it's um, a different guest a lecturer comes in or presenter comes in every week and talks about a different subject and then it just gets them ready and then the end accumulates in a show 
uh, an art show where they hang their work and they have to plan the show, create the invitation, cater it, you know, get the food for it. So that's a lot of fun. And I think this is our fourth one of the business classes. Do you guys work with um, the Westaboo Festival? There is no more Westaboo Festival. They're not having a festival anymore. Oh, my goodness. But Westaboo lent us their Ferris wheel this year. And so at Oh, um, that's at the, what you've got in front of us right Art now. At the Art City Festival, the Westaboo wheel will be on 8th near Broad Street. I hope it's going to stick out a little bit so we can see it. <laughs> and um, and so uh, they, they did lend us their wheel. So we are friends with Westaboo. I have to ask, on uh, near Daniel Village... The Waterworks. Yes. Yeah. So that was an art factory project. That okay. was a public art project. That was not an arts council project. Um, I just helped them get the final panel done when they were going out of business and needed to put their final the recognitions up. I helped them raise the money for that and get that done. But that was a real awareness campaign for public art, and it still looks good. I think it needs a little, a little tweaking. So maybe. for people that are at home and maybe or just trying to move to Augusta, do you do you really do you believe that Augusta is full of art from within, or yes, do we have to do. pull it from other regions? Well, I'd never th I don't think it hurts to pull it. So we we you know we have a strategic plan, and we want Augusta to be an arts destination city. So we want people to come here from out of town and see our art, and we also want people to come here and move here because our arts community is so strong. Whether it be as I said, the the company that comes and the employees needs need to be happy on Friday night and Saturday and Sunday. Right. Um, but then also for more, more artists to come from out of town and come in because it does, it does lift our whole community. I, we had a man on our board for three years while his wife was the uh, Morris eminent scholar, Larry Millard was on my board. And he always thought, you know, such a big picture. Like he wasn't all, it wasn't all about the boundaries of Augusta. He moved here from Athens. He was this head of the sculpture department at UGA. So he was like, Big, like regional, national, right. you know, and so um, that was good for us to have that stretch, and and it's good for us to always have that stretch, you know, about thinking thinking bigger. I mean, we'd like to form a program, and we're working on this where artists are given a good deal to move into a community, you know, like it's a mortgage forgiveness for an artist to move into a community and stay for certain amount of years. And then you're um, like, you're in, your down payment is forgiven or, you know, whatever things like right, that. Yeah. So we're working on projects like that right now. We're also doing research for, for larger grants, larger place making, making grants. We have a, we have a couple grants out right now, but one is for asphalt art, which is like a step above the storm drains where it's been researched that if you paint on crosswalks in the middle of streets, that it tends to slow traffic, not cause crashes. Mm. You know, people are like, right. oh, well, cars crash. No, they actually, people yeah. slow down in their cars to see what's in the street. And so we did research with the city on where there's a lot of pedestrian accidents in town. And then we've identified those intersections and we're writing grants to, to add asphalt art to those parts of the community, which would be community work, not us saying, we're going to do a picture of the Beatles walking across the street in your neighborhood right. and telling <laughs> we're going to go and have neighborhood meetings. The artist has to be willing to have neighborhood meetings and say, what would you like your asphalt art to look like? What would reflect your community? Which is why like the work that um, Colleen and Wesley did under the Calhoun Expressway, that was community talking about what yeah. they would like there. Same with Larry's piece, you know, in um, Larry Millard did the, uh, the tower in um, A.L. Williams Park on Broad across from the mm -hmm. Croc Center. That was work 
he walked Harrisburg and collected artifacts from residents wow. that were from the mill. Wow. And he put that inside that piece. That's incredible. And so that's definitely a community-driven piece of art. So this is funny. Um, I am getting my master's in public administration, and I was in my grant writing class last semester. One of my classmates helped worked with you guys on that asphalt grant. Yes. So I had heard a little bit about it beforehand. Um do you have, you said you have some ideas of where it would go. Do you, are, do you feel comfortable previewing that a little bit? Well, we, the two intersections that we, I think, wrote the grant for, one okay. was in Harrisburg. There was an intersection in, um, maybe on Crawford. And then the other one was in, I just know it's um, Sogo, south of Gordon Highway. Sogo. Sogo. <laughs> In a neighborhood south of Gordon Highway that had like a, just a, a intersection with a lot of gotcha. bike and pedestrian accidents gotcha. and that. And then the city has gotten got behind it to the point where they're like, well, we have to add like there's not a crosswalk even there. So we'll have we'll add the crosswalk. And then there's another intersection that we're working on with the city on like Laney Walker at Telfair. And, and there's a lot of accidents there. And, okay. and the city's like, we'll have to put up. We'll. You put the art down, and we'll get the light that blinks, and we'll get the crosswalk in. And so it really is, it, it kind of raised awareness for the city of areas that needed help. Yeah. So. I have another question. The yarn project. Yes. Oh, yes. Can you tell us about that? Right. What so, is that? Yes. So yarn bombing is something that happens in many communities, and it's where artists, they're not always knitters, but in our case, it was a knitting group. They had the idea that they wanted to decorate downtown with yarn and it's called yarn bombing but they wanted to make sure that the city didn't cut it down the next day right. and so you know i make a joke that uh, although you know we can sometimes say like the city's so slow to mow the grass and but you know sure enough you know you put up yarn art and the next day like clip clip you know right. <laughs> right so they that group came to the arts council with their idea and said but we don't want to do yarn bombing we want permission mm -hmm. so we don't want to be bombers we want to be permitted and so we helped them get permitted okay. to do the yarn installation. And it was um, it was so fun because it wasn't just wrapping the trees in a piece of yarn. It was like trees wrapped and then gnomes peeking out of it and right. mushrooms in the bottom. It truly like, show, tells a story. It was just adorable. And kids adored it. Like they, it was just so fun. And um, and it did stay up the length of the uh, the length it was supposed to. Like right. it didn't get cut down the next day. Is that something we might see again? Yes. So they're willing to do it again. Um, with With money, all things come. With so, true, uh, true. So we are just looking for, um, we're always looking for funding. Gotcha. Thanks. We'll be right back with more of the Drop It Is podcast with Brenda Durant from the Arts Council after this quick message from our friends at the Clubhouse. Uh, we talk a lot about the Clubhouse at Innovative Augusta, um, and they also have Hack Augusta. They're doing a lot of things. They have a make startups program, um, and really everything that they do is centered around growing small businesses, growing startups, and growing the culture of technology and really collectivism as well uh, in Augusta. Right now, they're currently accepting applicants for their Make Startups program, which is a uh, really an incubator course that teaches business owners, small businesses, startups, uh, or people that have had a small business for a while and are looking to grow, uh, exactly what to do, how to do it, how to create a business plan how to take it to the next level, and maybe even how to achieve funding. The Clubhouse is a great organization. We highly recommend supporting them, and if you're looking for office space, of course they're a great place to start. Check them out at theclubhow.se, and look up the Make Startups program while you're at it at makestartups.com. 
the reason we're here, the Ooh. main reason, I mean, there's lots of this reasons. This is the trickery. The, the main <laughs> reason we're here is to talk about this arts festival, the okay. City Arts Festival. However, before we do that, I want to talk about arts in the heart in general, and I want to talk about its impact in Augusta. You said it's been going on for 40, 40 years-ish, 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, give or take one. Uh, yes. So... Talk about the reach that Arts in the Heart has, like, especially now relative to when you started in the Arts Council and kind of like what it means to the community. All right. So it has it's always been loved. I mean, I went to Arts in the Heart before I worked for the Arts Council. I worked in a junior league booth and made buttons. My mother was the um, education director of the Museum of History. So in the days when it was across from the municipal building and the Museum of History was across the street, I'd kind of go there and see mommy and um, mm -hmm. visit the festival. And when I inherited it, it was, you know, all in this dirt lot off of 8th Street between Reynolds and the river, and it, there was no Augusta Common. Broad Street was a state highway, so we couldn't close Broad Street. And Was it really? Yes. I had no clue. I had no idea highway. about that. So that's one <laughs> I'm of imagining things, that right now. Some things that Brenda does. Brenda watches, like, when are they going to move the highway? When are they going to move the highway? <laughs> and so as soon as they move the state highway to Green Street, then we could close um, Broad. And so... You know, I, I do plan in advance. I do think big. I do surround myself with people that think big. But I also have always surrounded my, myself with people who who do say no because I think it's also good for you to have, like, I hate when people say, like, I'm the devil's advocate. I really could, like, choke you when you say it. But <laughs> but I but I don't mind no, someone saying, like, how is that going to work or have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. Of course I've thought about everything they mentioned, and it's all going to be just fine. And so when the common was, was being built – you know, I pictured the food on the common because the food looked like a mash unit. I mean, it was under like tents strung between trees and it was all in dirt. And I mean, you just think, am I really eating food from this? And so we moved the, there and then I moved, I wanted to close Broad Street and I'm a happy road closer, you know, like, <laughs> okay, we're going to close three blocks, bang. And so we did that and and it all worked out. And then I really wanted like white tents in the food area instead of everyone bringing their own. And so we made that happen because um, aesthetics are very important to me. Signs being at the same height, signs being made with the same, you know, of the same font right. and all the same. And so we worked hard to do that. And then we worked hard with the CVB, which is the Convention and Visitors Bureau, has yes, a grant right. that helps you advertise outside of the city limits. You can't advertise. You can't spend the money inside 100 miles of Augusta. Gotcha. And so we took that money and started doing outside advertising and then trying to target certain communities. We do we would do research with the CVB. We would research where, you know, when you could start doing that, like where people were coming from to hit the website to buy tickets. Did all and, of this start under you? Yes. Yeah, oh, my it goodness. Did. Thank you. Yeah, That's incredible. It did. Because it was just that small. I mean, no one's fault. And I'm not saying they weren't doing a good job, but it's just... It, it just grew like it was time to grow. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I, and I like that. Like, I'm really not afraid to like make it bigger or to tell people like your tents all have to be white or, and you're going to rent them from <laughs> us. And right. But it made a difference because mm. the, the people that cook for the global village, they're not, most of them are not professional restaurateurs. They're small groups that get together and they chop, chop, chop and cook, cook, cook. Right. The global and village. That's that. That's area. the food. That's, that's the international the food, food on the common. And they have learned and we've helped them learn how to make money from doing this. And right. they do. And so it's, you know, most of them do. It's, but it's incredibly hard work. And so um, the first time we opened on Broad Street, and I know I stood at like 10th Street and looked, 
um, east and, the, and downtown Augusta only place I know east from west and north from south but I looked east <laughs> over the whole festival as the sun went down and the lights came on and I just almost cried because we looked like such a big town like we just looked like what we really are like this is a big city that has a big time festival like this and some people on my committee that like couldn't picture it were like oh Brenda this is so right. Like it's so exactly the way you thought it was going to be. And it just, we were so proud. And I think Augusta's proud, but arts in the heart and hopefully art city festival are really a meeting place. Like it's places I see people once a year. I catch up with people that I see once a year at the festival. And, and I don't often talk about this, but like our community, this, not everything in town reflects the diversity of our community, but but this event does without it making it be like you have to go because it's diverse. But when you sit at any gate of the festival and watch who's coming through, it's Augustus coming through. Yeah. Like it's how we look and it's how we should be every day. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not a, this festival's for him or this is for her. Or, it's not for me. And I made sure that I, that, that everyone who came saw themselves everywhere. There's a story that I was told by, a woman, her name is Edith Diamond. And when I started the festival 25 years ago, people said, like, she's really old. <laughs> she worked with us for, like, 20 years. So maybe she was over, like, 130 <laughs> years old when she, when she finally retired from the festival and died. But Edith said when she was a little girl, black girl in Augusta, a little girl growing up, that there wasn't a dance school for her. And she always wanted to be a dancer. But there wasn't a dance school for little for little black girls. And so she never got to take a dance class. But when we started doing our... Um, our, our, our dance that we did on, during opening ceremonies, Edith always danced in it. She always stepped up and danced. And so this woman that I was told was really old would always get up and maybe have a little boy as a partner, and she would, and she would dance. And the dance was the dance of a, an international dance of a group would teach them all the dance from their country, and Edith would get up and do that dance. And, and I wanted to make sure that, any, that all the Ediths who come to the festival see themselves on the stages, sees themselves cooking the food, sees themselves in the fine arts and craft area, like, and sees themselves walking around, that they know that this is a place for them, for every little Edith, every little person who comes. So thank you for doing that for the city, by the way. Welcome. What's the reach been over the years? So we have a, the reach for the fine arts and craft area is um, regional, southeast but people artists come from all over the united states to arts in the heart and then the reach for people attending Mm. is again strongly southeast but again a reach it's mainly a driving festival so mainly a drivable and spend the night festival yeah do you have any numbers about how many people usually go? We think um, best guess would be that 80,000 people come to the festival. And that's counting oh. the person who comes on Friday night and comes back on Saturday and comes back on Sunday. That's wow. counting one time for that person. No, three. Three. Because okay. they're there. Okay. Like if you walk out of the room and walk back in, how many people are in the room? Three. Even okay. if you were here before, it's still right. three people in the room. Okay. So we count them. So 80,000 attendees basically. Yes. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That is insane. So, so really that 15,000 badges, that goes pretty fast, huh? It goes pretty fast. And we, you know, again, it's guessing in advance, you know, and no right. one gave me the COVID crystal ball, unfortunately. <laughs> I've been begging for it. No one has produced it. So we we did that, but we have old badges that we'd use. You know, okay. If we have to so is this uh, festival, is this the first of its kind? The You mean the arts in the heart? Yes. Yes, it is. This. I yes. think it is. So I have a, you know, when people come, like, Sponsors will come from out of town. And they're like, we've never seen anything like this. Because the internet, the fact that we don't have 
like carnival food or festival food, all our food is international, is very different. And we've had a hold tight to that, like the no funnel cakes, you know, or I'm sure things True. like we've had a really hold tight to that. You don't even think about that kind of stuff until you hear somebody say it. Yeah. I mean, people want like people want to come and sell like the lemonade that you see at festivals and fairs. Right. Yeah. And we have all sorts of exotic drinks. I mean, I get my bubble tea at Arts of the Heart and, right. you know, I get other things, but we just kind of hang tight to certain things. And um, what I've discovered in my in my dotage, I am a woman of a certain age, is that a lot of people have never been told no in their lives, but I've always thought, um, perhaps because I've been told no, that when you ask a question that there's basically an answer, yes or no. <laughs> and some people have never had the other one, the no, and they're really shocked right. when we say no. Yeah, well, you, know. you have standards. And we're about to start talking about upcoming events. And so on that topic, I'm going to quickly plug our upcoming show, Augusta Rocks. Uh, as you guys may know by now, we raise money for the Salvation Army Center for Hope through concerts. Uh, coming up, we've got a really, really great show. It's not expensive. And we are trying to give not only local artists a platform to do really cool, unique shows, but also we're trying to raise money for charity at the same time. If you're interested, go ahead and type in your search bar. Go check us out at AugustaRocks.com. And don't forget, we have a show coming up even sooner than that, which George Clausen is going to tell you about right now. Hey guys, it's George Clausen with Friends of Benefits. I want to tell you about an awesome show that we have coming up September 23rd at the Sharon Jones Amphitheater with Moon Taxi, one of Augusta's favorite bands. The last time they were in town, they absolutely killed it at the Miller. It's September 23rd at the Sharon Jones Amphitheater. And you can get tickets at fwbpro.com. So let's let's pivot now. Let's go into 17th through 19th of September. Yes. Um, as the day of this publish, this will be about a week from now. Yay, come on, come. Talk to us. We know there's Ferris wheel. Yes. Um, but this isn't like a traditional Arts in the Heart Festival. It's 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 all the same. It's, it's everything similar. is here we've always had, but okay. some things we don't have. Okay. So what we do have is the global stage. Okay. 10 international food booths. Okay. 85 farm arts and crafters down the middle of Broad Street. We do have our hot dog stand again. And since we do make money for that, I'm going to mention that we have our hot dog stand. <laughs> and then we have a jazz, blues, and root stage, which will be at 9th Street this year. The Ferris wheel is at 8th. And so it will look very, very similar to what you expect from okay. Watching Hard. The elements, I mean, if you like music, we have music. If you like seeing belly dancers, we got that. Um, and <laughs> then we have the jazz stage. And funny, a few years ago, um, a woman wrote me and she said, like, you know, Brenda or Miss Durant, you know, you did a really nice festival this year, but I really think you need to like up the music because I was there all week and I only heard jazz. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> little Miss Nutcake, you sat at the jazz stage all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Looney Bird, you sat at the jazz stage. So it was really funny. So hopefully you come back because that is, you know, that will be one of the two would be the jazz stage. So it was really funny. I definitely go there for the food. Absolutely. Well, um, I, is, I love the food. That is an art for That's me. That's what brings <laughs> us in. Yes. And, and some people go for the arts and crafts and then the food. Like, you never know what it's going to be. And some people go for the music. We have some great music this year. But I, I like I know if I want the Philippine food, I got to go get it like before noon. Yes. I got to go on Saturday like 1130. Yes. Don't eat a big breakfast because you got to get those skewers off the grill before get the line there gets before really Scott long. Russell gets there. <laughs> and then one thing that we did um, this year, because we did the food in half and we didn't know what we were doing as far as, you know, he who will not be named COVID. We partnered with downtown restaurants. And so, you know, we know that downtown, I think took that's a, a really neat hit. thing you're doing. 
they took a giant hit last year. They were down a million visitors. Someone said a million dollars. And I was like, no, it was a million visitors. Downtown was down a million visitors in, in, in 2020. And so we know that the Arts Festival has a strong impact, a, a positive impact on downtown uh, merchants. But we wanted to make sure that we really helped them out because they've been, they were down for so long. And so we have 12 restaurants that, uh, that answered our call. for They want to partner. And on our app, our, we have an iHub app that you can text and get on your phone. It's fun. We'll how, have all how, their menus there. What do you text? How do you get it on your you phone? You text. I have some. It's somewhere. You text a number to, yes, you text arts to um, 55741. Text it's the not, word arts to 55741. Yes. Okay. And, and by the time this airs, it'll be working. And so <laughs> the, the map will be on there. <coughs> Excuse me, the menus. And then three restaurants did grab and go special. So if you want to just be able to like grab something and eat it at our festival tables. So Laziza's, um, I don't know, Peaches Island, Sol and Soleil. They all did grab and goes. And so you can just grab something and eat it at our festival. Awesome. <laughs> I, I I really love that you guys are bringing the local restaurants in. Yeah. Um, We're very happy with them. We thought it was, we thought it was important to um, not just say accident, like on the side, they're going to make their money. Like to really say to them, we're going to help promote you. Yeah. I'm curious, like what kind of, you know, obviously arts in the heart is a different kind of festival for a lot of businesses downtown where their business plan for that week has to be totally, or that weekend has to be totally yeah. different because there's people walking past, but there's all that food. What, what do you hear from businesses around this time of year? Um, David Hutchison, who owns the Book Tavern, is very communicative with us. And he'll, <laughs> like, we, because we close the street early. So that's really tough right. on businesses. When the street closes, people stop coming. So he'll say, I know you're going to close the street on, like, Tuesday at midnight or whatever. And he has no business. But he's like, but I've learned that it's okay because on Friday, the line will be out my door. And Saturday, the line will be out yes. my door on Sunday. And Blue Sky Kitchen is no longer, you know, on Broad Street at it closed, but the first year we opened and the restaurants were just angry and worried and upset. They ran out of food on Saturday at noon. Wow, they sold wow. all their food for the weekend by Saturday at noon. Wow. And so then they were like, oh, come on back next <laughs> <Right>. year. <laughs> exactly. It'll be okay. Yeah. But you can still, the stores are all open. So you're certainly welcome to walk a little bit further into okay. the stores on Broad Street on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And we encourage you to do that. And then during the festival, if you're going to work on Broad Street or you live on Broad Street, we give you a walkthrough pass at the gate and you're, um, you're welcome to, to walk your dog through or walk yourself through or go to work or shop or go to the barkery and buy your dog food or whatever you're doing. Um, we just probably won't sell you a beer if you don't have the right tag <laughs> on. Right. This is really exciting. Um, I'm curious, like... It, this is obviously not being called arts in the heart, but it's very similar. It is. Is this is this something where, like, in the coming years, um, he who must not be named pending, like, would this stay Augusta Arts Festival? Would it change back to arts in the heart? So what we left ourselves open to do is continue to have arts in the heart on the third weekend of September. Okay. But if we ever want to do another festival, this we have is a it. great we have a great name. Very already. cool. Okay. Yeah. So. We're, we're kind of, you know, we've, we've hit this point where we've wrapped a lot of the things we wanted to talk about. Good. I want to ask a personal question and then I'll pass things to Chris and Chris okay. can do what he wants after that. All right. Um, you, you've been involved for over 25 years in the Arts Council. You've, you've been a part of it growing a lot. What, are there any things that kind of stick out to you aside from obviously like growing arts in the heart to what it is as things that 
you know, you're really happy that you were able to experience projects you've been a part of, anything like that? I think for for me, part of it is is meeting the people who are integral to the festival. So putting the festival together to me is like putting together a quilt where we have all these different pieces. I have meetings with the people who coordinate their food booths for the Global Village, and it's like a little yeah. UN meeting, you know, and all different people come. And then, you know, we have the the performers, and I, I put together the Global Stage, and Karen's putting together the Jazz Stage this year, and we talk to them. That's Karen Gordon. Karen Gordon. Okay. And then, like, the... The group, the Friday night group on the global stage is like all big bands. So it's the the Bucket List, a new band that was formed in the last year by um, Bruce Drake. And then we have a band that is a reunion band of the Signal Corps, of the Army Signal Corps band. That's like the 40th reunion and they're playing. It's Association of Military Musicians band. But it's our Signal Corps group that you know used to be at Fort Gordon and around. And then um, Wayne Hoy, who was in important element of jazz in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and then moved away and has moved back. And he put together a big band with Wycliffe Gordon. So it's like fun working because they all work together with me to program Friday night, which is not always the way that happens. So that's been fun, kind of meeting the characters, putting it together and seeing who's singing with them. Because Bucket List has Russell Joel Brown, who's well-loved in our community, you know, and then Wycliffe Gordon is like, how can he even be doing such a thing as performing at Arts in the Heart? I think he's also on the jazz stage over the weekend. But, like, that's really fun. So getting to know people, and then at the end, it's like the quilt gets put together, and I get to see what it looks like all done. Like, it's really fun to kind of see that happen. How much sleep do you lose? Oh, (laughs) if I can make it past 3.01, I am really content. There you go. I <laughs> love that. Yeah. And, and I promise no more, but I have one. What's your, what's your day-to-day like? It's, um, I never know what it's going to be. Like I make a list every day and then, and then it just happens. So I never know, <laughs> you know, I do have, I keep a list of things I have to get done. What would be ideal is if I didn't have to do anything but Art City right now, but like mm-hmm. our auditor is like, hey, I need a few documents for your audit. And I'm like, oh, good God. You know, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Which is great that like the audit will be done so early, but, uh, and then, you know, just little things like that. And right. we, we have a chalkboard at the end of our hall and I started putting things on it. Like, you know, after this, I'm going to drop off a pull-up banner because we participated in First Friday on Friday night. I hope you all came to that. And then I have to go pick up masks from the United Way, so I have masks and, like, just stuff that I don't want to forget. And Right. But it's um, a lot of balls in the air or plates spinning on sticks. <laughs> I never know, and I never know. And then you get a phone call, and it's like, well, oh, I guess I'm doing that today. <laughs> you know, you get an email from someone. My 18-year-old daughter really loves the arts and would like a job. Any ideas? And I'm like... I can't not answer her, right. so I will answer her. <laughs> That's great. Well, we really do appreciate you coming into our studio and this doing fun. this interview with us. And uh, I believe that a lot of people at home have learned a lot and are geared up and ready to come to Arts in the Heart uh, this weekend. And uh, well so we did done. a flash forward right yeah. now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, the Drop the Disc question is presented by our friends at Tranner Gray. What is Trainer Gray? Trainer Gray is a full-service marketing and media company specializing in marketing, graphic design and print, media buying, web and mobile development, app creation, video production, TV and radio commercials, billboards, and direct mailing. That's a lot. They do a lot, and they do it well. This award-winning, Emmy award-winning, multiple award-winning company is located in Evans, Georgia, 
And if you want any more information about them, you can simply visit traintergraymedia.com. That's traintergraymedia.com. And if you would like to just give them a call, 706-731-8416, and I know they will take care of you. They are taking care of us by dropping the disc. We ask every guest on our show this question. Okay. Um, we're here dropping the disc from the city. Um, and if someone were here coming up to you talking negatively about the city, how would you respond to them? So I think about this a lot because a lot of people do speak negatively about our city. And I'm certainly not like a Yankee go home kind of girl, mm -hmm. you know, but I do think that as adults that we have to realize that most of us are not here like because we're tied here or forced to be here. And so it is a decision that we've made to remain. I mean, after you're like 19 or 20, you can pretty much do whatever you want. And so we're free, you're free to go and you're free to stay. But I prefer for people to think about what is great about this town. And I know um, I gave a talk recently about the fact that we all have different reasons why we love Augusta. And one thing that we didn't talk about today is kind of the ease of living in this mm. town. Like it's really an easy place to live. And it also offers a lot of things that, that a single town doesn't have. Like I can walk on the canal in the morning and still be at my desk at nine o'clock. Or you can come into town and you can kayak, ride your bike, and then see a show at one of our two historic theaters if that's what you want to do at night. Right down the street. Right down the street. You can actually have a weekend here without having to, if you're a biker perhaps, without having to move your car. You know, you park it at the Marriott and do that. But even for me living here, like when I go other places, like I went to a conference one time at Stone Mountain, and all these people were like at Stone Mountain, like riding their bike up a cement mountain. And I'm like... <laughs> You paid money to like leave town and do that? Like <laughs> we can do this in Augusta. Like I can't ride my bike up a stone mountain, nor would I want to, but like why would you why would you have to go out of town? Like we don't have to go out of town to see nature or to see incredible art performances. I mean, we have things at the Bell Auditorium coming that are like really amazingly cool. We have Southern Soul and Song back. Like we have a lot going on in Augusta. So I prefer to focus on the positive and then try to see where I can make change instead of just complain about things right. that are wrong. And and I think that our social media ability to complain quickly and have it and have people join you in your, you know, like my um, my sister-in-law would call it going to the negative. Now, Brenda, we don't go to the negative. <laughs> yes, Margaret, we don't. But like, <laughs> that's that. easy with all, with people joining you and going like, I know, he's so wrong and he's so bad. Like, why not just... Like if it's happening, it's happening. And why not focus on what's great? Because I think we have much more great in Augusta GA than we do anything else. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks. That was a phenomenal answer. It was. Oh, I just thanks. thought of a quick thought. Um, you oh, mentioned Lord. the historic theaters downtown, yeah. which brings to my mind this concept of an arts section downtown. Can you talk to us about that? Are you involved in that? Well, what there, do you are, know? there are plans for naming things, naming right. Broad Street, different sections. And that was actually in a plan um, 20 years ago in a, in a plan for Augusta. So um, I, th I think it's going to happen, but it's, it's really hard to segment like theater district because right. they're just not all like we have a lot of theaters. I mean, Miller Imperial, Le Chat Noir, you know, all around the corner. But then we have, you know, Bell Auditorium, right. Civic Center, new or old, you know, behind that. So um, but it's it's there. Like we are the entertainment district, I would say. I mean, at one point we counted bars 
on Broad Street, and there were 22 live music venues mm. on Broad Street. That's insane, by the way. Yeah. And I haven't That's done a lot. I haven't done that count recently, but it's probably back coming back to about that same right. thing. And then the number of like spoken word, like sometimes, you know, when I was talking about segments that don't um, that think they're, they're being left out, like spoken word is big in open mic nights in in Augusta, right? Along with singer songwriter, big and yeah. We have a lot going on. Do you know where that district would be? Well, I would think it would be um, 700, 700, 800. And then, okay. you know, if like, if the Morris Museum ends up here, you Cross know, your it's- fingers, knock on wood. Right. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. So, you know, it, it really could be um, Broad Street. Yeah. Because at one point, the cultural corridor was an expression that was being used. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't the, heard that. The cultural corridor. That was like, I think when the Morris was uh, new that we were calling some people, you know, you always try things like Sogo. And, you know, so right. so I like Sogo. I've we never heard of Sogo. So well, I, I, call, I call Columbia County Coco. Oh, so, you know, I do that's too, a yeah. Do you? Yeah. Sogo is good. I like it so. makes South I of Gordon Highway sound so much nice. I actually think tried that for a while. Like, I, But nice. I like Sogo a lot. Like it sounds really like Soho, like we're like big New York. Well, Brenda, I... Uh, apologize for the last minute dropped in question, but okay. thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Yes. Um, I loved being here. Yes. Anytime you have a guest cancel, call me. Yes, we will. And get, do us a favor. Go ahead. Plug everything that you have to plug one more time. How can people get tickets? How can right. people volunteer? I hope that you will come to the art city festival, September 17th through 19th. You can get your tickets and information and see maps at artcityfestival.com. It will actually take you to the old Arts in the Heart website. And then we do have an app on a phone, but someone with better eyes than me better read the um, text do it, arts Chris. to. The festival app uh, for your mobile device, text arts to 55741 yeah. for the app link. And then you'll have, that will have the map, the menus, um, the, the artist information, everything that you need will be right there. That's pretty sweet. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Stick around because Chris is about to come with a round Augusta. And, of course, don't forget to go ahead and check out AugustaRocks.com and get your tickets for the upcoming show, Raise Money for the Salvation Army Center for Hope, which helps house local homeless people. It's a really great cause. And... Uh, with all that being said, of course, if you like the show, go ahead and hit subscribe. We really love that. Follow us on social media. And now here's Chris with his segment, Around Augusta. Hey, guys, this is Chris with Around Augusta. During this segment, I kind of just talk about whatever I want that's coming to town, things that I think Augusta can get excited about, whether or not they're rumors or fact, I'm going to talk about it. I've got three things to discuss today. So here we go. Y'all all remember Shared Space opened up a couple years ago downtown off Green Street. Beautiful space. Well, guess what? They are reopening their doors as Shared Space again. They're going to try the same concept with lower costs to match the community of Augusta. I think this is incredible, and it's a concept that works everywhere else. So I hope the best for Shared Space because, quite frankly, it's really cool. Number two, a steakhouse is coming to Riverside Village. That's really cool. I'm excited. I love steak. I'm sure you like steak. Why not have just another addition to our F&B culture here in the CSRA? And number three, 
it's kind of a rumor still, but it's actually much fact. Dirty Girl Cocktail Line Mixer, they were partnered up with Rectech, but they are now starting a whole new venture. They are purchasing, buying out Second City Distillery and will be using that shop as a bottle shop. It will no longer be a bar, so sad day. Maybe maybe someday it'll reopen as a bar. But this is really kind of interesting. What if Dirty Girl starts creating just a bunch of cocktail cans? Canned cocktails. It's a very big trend right now for all those drinkers out there. So let's see what happens. I'm curious to see how far they go. And that's all I got for Around Augusta with Chris. If you have anything that you know that is coming to town, maybe if, it, if it's a rumor and you'd like me to figure out if it's a bust or myth. So if that's the case, simply email dropthediscpod at gmail.com and I'll figure it out for you. You might even hear it next week. Y'all have a great week and I am excited to see what I'm going to be talking about next week. Bye.